The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello, sunshines. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Fowdy. I'm Lynn Ozawi. Lynn, do you mm-hmm. smell it? Can you feel it, Lynn? What? World Cup is getting closer. We are almost there. Yeah. How are you feeling? What are your thoughts? When I say three Pete, you say, oh, <laughs> that what I'm supposed to say? Three Pete. What do you want me to say? I'll say it. Hell yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going like to be hard. It. It's going to be really hard. We can do hard things. We can do hard things. And our guest, U.S. Women's National Team Captain Becky Sauerbrunn, she celebrated her 200th international appearance for Team USA recently and is on the brink of her fourth World Cup. And that type of longevity? Ugh. Takes a little extra something-something. The consistently great, as I've talked a lot about on the pod. And Becky has heaps of it. She is a two-time World Cup champion, Olympic gold and bronze medalist, and, of course, current captain of the U.S. Women's National Team. She also plays for the Portland Thorns and has won three NWSL titles in her pro career. Moreover, Becky is a tireless champion for many great causes and particularly has been huge in helping U.S. and the U.S. team achieve true equal pay. She's also been an outspoken advocate when it comes to accountability in the game of soccer. So get comfortable listening. It's Becky Sauerbrunn. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives and truly We've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by... Watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV by going to women's sporting events in person by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women, because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time. A belated happy 200 caps. Whoop, whoop. Get that whoop, whoop ring on. Yeah, right. Whoop, whoop. Um, How many did you wind up having before you retired? Uh, You have to be. I did not expect this question. Uh, I think, you know, it's funny because they kept finding caps because we're so old. They're like, you know, pre, pre-documenting pre cap days. Uh-huh. They're like, we found you another two caps. I was like, sweet. Add um, it on. I think I'm at like 274. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're at 216? Yeah, 17 maybe. I don't know. 17? I got a ways to go to catch up to you. Wow, you can do that. You got uh, this. If I want to do that, do if I'm you? physically <laughs> capable of doing that, maybe. You're capable. It's whether you want to. 
Ooh, I don't know. My body might be saying something different. Yeah. Yeah. No, you look good. Okay, Becky, can you set the scene? Where you're at, what you're doing, all those fabulous things. Where I'm at. Physically, I'm in my house in Portland. And what else do you want to know? With the 1994 denim star jersey figurine behind <laughs> Becky. 1994 exactly. World Cup. Exactly. Um, I think that kit's actually maybe one of the best ones. Yeah. I think Alexi Lawless would agree with that because every time I see a photo, he has that on. Ooh, well, I don't want to agree with anything that Lexi agrees with. So I'm actually <laughs> going to then disregard what I said and say that the, the, the popsicle top ones are actually probably better. <laughs> Starting strong. I love it. <laughs> Coming out with the heat. I always like the Where's Waldo. Oh, yeah. I mean, classic. Yeah. I actually like these new kits a lot. The um, paint splash ones. Mm -hmm. Do you like them? I do. I do like them. I also like the blue. I think it has like, if you uh -huh. look closely, there's like some nice detailing in it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they did a pretty good job this go around. I mean, I've, I'm sure maybe you have also been a part of some jerseys that have been um, pretty rough. My 2011 yeah. ones were rough. Yeah. Like you, it was rough to wear, rough to look at. Yeah. What about the ones that like rub your neck? Remember oh, those? yeah. That's yeah, that yeah. one. Oh, oh yeah. That one? It, was, it was bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. I, I just saw a picture of, um, I think it was Just Women Sports posted something that said, what's your favorite jersey? And they showed me a ham. Did you see this picture on Insta? It was like, it showed me a ham from like the 90s. And the jersey was like double wide. Mm -hmm. Arms were, the sleeves were like beyond her elbows. I was like, yep. wow. Yeah. How the times have changed. <laughs> yeah. Hand-me-downs. That might have been a hand-me-down. I'm ashamed to admit this because I've been covering you for over a decade, well over a decade. But I just discovered the flute story. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> How did I yeah. not know the flute story? It says everything about you, honestly. A lot, a lot of my teammates have played instruments. And it's like a little known fact. Not many people ask us about it, but like we are pretty musically gifted. You could start your own band. Yeah, like Crystal played the flute. Crystal Dunner played the flute? Oh, yeah. We were thinking about doing like um, Aladdin's A Whole New World duet for the, the locker room. <laughs> Could you both do it? Yeah. I think she said she would have to take Aladdin's part, so I would have Jasmine's higher notes, but I think we could do it. Do okay. you have the flute handy? Uh, no, it's actually broken. I need it fixed. The last time I had an operational flute, it was in Utah. Uh, when I was playing for the Utah Royals, I had a lot of downtime. And so I was like, I'm going to rent a flute. And then I would spend a couple hours every week playing the flute because I had nothing else to do. You actually rented it. I rented it and they needed, like, a, they needed a credit score. They're like, are you legit? And I'm like, I, I think so here. Uh, well, oh, I think you need to buy your own flute and get it fixed. Okay. Oh, so tell that story of high school. Oh, high school. You mean when my band director? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I started playing in fifth grade and played through middle school. And then obviously in high school, it got a little bit more serious. And there were two bands. There was like the really super good one called the Symphonic Band and then just the concert band. And I think I was like last chair of the good band. And of, I'm in the flute section, last chair. You cannot hear me. Like even on my worst <laughs> days, you still wouldn't be able to hear me. <laughs> and I had, I think I got called into a youth national camp and obviously it was super important to me, but I was going to miss a traveling concert competition with, with my high school band. So I went to my band director and I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm going to miss this for the soccer trip. And he was like, you have no future in soccer. Like how, how dare you, how dare you take away from the band? Like you're not a team player. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you can't even hear me. You don't even know if I'm playing. I could be like just, you know, fiddling around and you wouldn't even know. And it was, I was like actually quite alarmed. And I told my mom afterwards and she went like, oh, mama bear and was like, oh, hell no. And so I don't know if words were discussed away from me, but the band director left me alone after that. So um, that was what the first Wait. time I've ever been told I'm not a team player. Wait, the story I read was that you went back to the teacher and was like, Oh, yes, I am a team player. I just chosen the other team, dude. I mean, that's basically what I was trying to say to him is that <laughs> I actually am on another team, a team that I enjoy being with and probably is more important to me. 
and I would have a bigger impact with this team. And I, he was just like, my band is the band. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was one of the more traumatizing moments of my high school experience, actually. Well, oh the gosh. best part about it is like you are the consummate team player. And here, this guy, I just thought that was so great. And that you went back to him and was like, no, I actually am a team player. I would have just been like, tail between my legs. Okay. Oh, I Whatever. was I was so shocked that he, he said that to me because I honestly had never been told that before. And I was like, oh, my God, am I am I letting the band down? And I would ask some of my <laughs> the people that up. sit around me and they're like, get out of here. Like, what are you talking about? Get out of here. Go play soccer. Well, and that's one of my favorite traits about you and your leadership style is you're, you've got everyone's back. Like you're looking after people. You're taking care of people. You're so trusted, so calming. And that's why I was like, this story I need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, I try to conduct myself that way. And so I think that's why I was so surprised I had to tell my mom. And then my mom, I mean, was like, absolutely not. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what yeah, does it mean to you then to be a team player? Uh, to me, being a team player is absolutely putting the team first. And that's an easy thing to say, but it's like in all your actions and all your decisions, is this for the betterment of the team or for yourself? And sometimes those things will coincide and they'll go together and sometimes they won't. And so an easy example is like the role that you're given going into a major tournament. And a lot of the time it is not the role that you want. And are you going to be the best person in that role, even though it sucks every day and you want to cry in the shower? Um, or are you going to fight against it and it's going to cause ripple effects that's going to affect other people and they're going to notice and then it's going to affect them? And and so really it's like, are you selfless enough to put other people and other people's success ahead of your own? And that's a hard thing to do. That seems mm -hmm. to be something that is a vital quality to be on the national team. We had Abby Wambach on and she talked about how in her last World Cup that that is ultimately what she had to do. She had to put the team ahead of herself. Is that something that is that you see in the players that have been on the team for, for years and lasted on the team, if you will? I would say that some players have to have that mindset of team first, whereas other players are just so special at what they do hmm. that it's almost more important for the team's success if they are more selfish and do what they need to do to make sure they're mm, at their interesting. best. Nuanced. Yeah, like it that. is nuanced. And so I had <laughs> mm -hmm. someone explain it to me and I, I really like it that some people are ceiling raisers and other people are floor raisers and I'm a floor raiser. Um, I'll, I'll make sure that mm -hmm. the difference between the top and the bottom player isn't so huge that you're not going from such highs to such lows that actually like the, the thermostat is set at like a pretty even temperature. And so mm. I think it's important to have both of those types of players. And sometimes, you know, you're not going to get the glory, but you are just as important. Mm. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Well, that now I'm curious me. who you would define as a ceiling raiser on the team. Oh, um, I mean, I think you, you just have special players throughout generations. And I think if you look at, you said Abby Wambach, I would say like in her prime, she was a ceiling raiser mm -hmm. and, you know, all, all we needed to do is get her the ball anywhere in the box and she didn't really need to do anything else. And so, um, special players like that. Yeah. But what's interesting is when you lose your status, maybe as a ceiling raiser and you become the floor raiser, mm -hmm. are you okay with that? Exactly. She was on that note. That is actually interesting because I see Megan Rapinoe's role as that, that flip, right? She was clearly a ceiling raiser in the last world cup. World Cup before that, she's even admitted as such that, look, I know my role is different, but I all I want to do is help this team win, mm -hmm. whatever my role is. So I I will be that floor raiser if I need to be. To I, I would love, I'm sure she would love to be the ceiling raiser still, but maybe her body won't allow it. Yeah, I mean, of course we all want to be ceiling raisers. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Pino's Pino's embraced it, and you know, you never know what's going to happen leading up to a World Cup. We've already had you know some injuries and stuff, and roles change because of those opportunities because of the injuries, unfortunately. And so maybe, you know, you become a ceiling raiser again. You just never know. You always have to be ready for it. Um, and that's the tough thing is, you know, you're thrown a lot and it's, can you embrace and adapt in a healthy way for you and for your teammates? On this podcast, we have a lot of admiration for Carla Overback, absolute <sighs> national team legend. She seems like an everything raiser in every way. And from what I understand, you have a lot of respect for her as well. Is there anything from 
watching her her leadership style that you have tried to adapt yourself? I would say that her presence on the field is something that I could see as a young person. Like I, I watched the 99 World Cup and I was in Chicago um, and you guys were playing Nigeria and you could just see her arms were ordering and you, you could see her <laughs> saying things. Yep. And it was just like there was a presence to her. And mm. I thought that was so powerful, even at a young age. I wasn't sure like how I could get that. And I wasn't sure if my leadership style was going to be the same as hers. And I'm not sure that it is, but I wanted that presence um, because you could see that people really received it well and accepted it and did what was asked of them. And also with Carla is I randomly got set up on a dinner with her after a game that I played in North Carolina. And we were going through the national team, kind of like an upheaval. You know, there was a lot of unhappy players and I really felt like I was kind of trying to keep the boat going in the right direction and not sinking. And I was asking her all these questions about leadership and, um, and she stopped me and she was like, who's your person? Like, who do you lean on and lean into in tough times? And I had felt really isolated at the time. And I was like, wow, I don't really have somebody. And I think the most poignant thing she ever said to me is like, you need to have somebody to lean on when you're going through something like this. Hmm. And I'm not sure who Carla's person was, Julie. It might even have been you. She was um, definitely my person. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and then that became kind of like my next step um, during that process was like, I need to find somebody to help me. And I did. And it, it honestly it made some such things yeah. so much easier um, yeah. to have like that soundboard and to have that like emotional support. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, I've never heard that story. That's so good. Yeah. That's such good advice too. Carla, the tag team of the two of us, um, and I mean, it wasn't just clearly the two of us, like we had, what was the gift is you had all these veterans with Mia and Lil and Brandy and Joy, and you go down the list, right? Um, but she was the one that always, she had such good instincts, good insight, like that was, yeah, for sure, my sounding board of, of mm -hmm. things. And she would talk me off the ledge all the time, because I would get oh. a little, I would get a little high, I get a little, <laughs> I get a little fired up. <laughs> <laughs> she seems like the perfect like temper to something like that. She'd be in the middle of games and I'd be losing my stack, like veins popping out. I had a, I get a, I have a very aggressive side to me on the field uh -huh. that I'd be yelling at someone like, what the F, come on. And she'd start cracking up. I could hear her cackling behind me. And that was her <laughs> cue, like chill the F out, sister. Uh-huh. <laughs> And she'd just cackle. She'd laugh and it would make me start laughing. And I'd be like, copy that. I got you. I don't even have to turn around. I got yeah, you. Just, uh, yep. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'll stop. How, I mean, but how important is that? Because there would be players, uh, I'm sure, that if they did that to you, it would actually make you even yeah. more. But yeah. to have that I'd person that you I'd be like, how dare just... you laugh at my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to have that person is so important. Uh, I know we love some Carlo Rebecca. I oh, love yeah. the I love how much you you honor and respect the history of the national team, and given that th the work that you have put in, can we just slow clap it for equal pay? Oh 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 oh! And beyond that, beyond like getting us over the line for equal pay, which I wish you could see the ninety nine ers thread on that one when you guys did that, because there was a lot of like dancing emojis and oh good gifts going on, like yes. Um, but now spinning it forward, the advice that you're giving to other players, I know one Christine Sinclair who's on your team in Portland, mm -hmm. and their fight for equal pay. What are those conversations like with Sinclair and other players around the globe? The conversations are an understanding that we are always there if they want to ask us any questions or if they need us to do anything. And there's an understanding between the two of us that they might do things differently from the way that we did it. But if they want to use us as a sounding board, if they want to ask us how we approached certain problems, like we're always there for them. And then mm. if you looked at She Believes with the purple yeah. tape and the equality and just supporting them in their, in their fight, it's uh, us amplifying their messaging the way that they want to do it. Because they might not want to do it our way and that's completely fine, but we want to help them however they want to do it. Yeah. That, that was awesome. I mean, just to give a little context for listeners who weren't following She Believes, Canada going through this uh, 
equal pay battle with their own federation. And this is a tournament that happened in February. And in solidarity, the U.S. team wore purple bracelets, purple representing gender equity and um, gender equality. And uh, the the uh, Canadian team came out with purple shirts, their purple wristbands. I, I believe um, Japan also wore those wristbands, which is great to see. England wore those wristbands as well for them. So I love that it's gone global as well. And you're having a lot of women that are raising the platform and the voice for that, which is so important. And I just want to say about um, Japan, that was the first time that they had ever taken any sort of collective gesture towards gender equality for their, Mm. for their team. So that was, that was really big for them. And I mean, we were honored that we got to help them with that. Yeah. That's cool. And the other thing is, you know, your your tireless drive to move the game forward also includes NWSL, obviously on the heels of last year and all that came out with the Sally Yates report and uh, the report outlining the widespread misconduct and abuse. You were very outspoken right away about people at every level, regardless of owner, whatever level they are, that you need to be, if you're not protecting players, you need to be held held accountable. accountable. You need to go. What do you think about what the NWSL has implemented so far and what still needs to be done? I think a lot of things obviously had to be reactionary, but I think that there are now protocols and processes in place that should help protect players. I am not naive to think that there is no abuse going on right now. I'm sure that there are still things that are being and needing to be addressed. Um, What I think still needs to happen, probably this going beyond the NWSL and becoming more uh, a global game something that gets addressed by, you know, all the the different leagues, all the different federations, but it seems like the right task force task forces are being put in place. It's great to see Mana Shim in charge of, mm-hmm. of the U S soccer one. And so we're, I think we're getting there. It's getting better, but you know, we, we can't stop until everyone is safe in the environment. And I, I don't know if we're there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are things in terms of things at Portland specifically? I think we had to have a major upheaval. Um, we had a couple staff fired, you know, the, the owner is looking to sell us. And so that's, you know, going through the process of that, which is unfortunately taking longer than we, we had hoped. Um, but when I go into the environment now and the staff that's around us and the overall demeanor of the players and how the players feel talking about issues. It seems a lot more honest and upfront. And mm. I think that comes with a psychological safety and a, a physical safety. And so it, it, it seems to be getting better. Cause we, I mean, we've really been through it the last, the last yeah. few years and even longer, you know, when you, when you talk about the players that were abused on the team, you know, with, yeah. with Mana and Sinead. And so um, we're, we're taking the steps. Um, I'm not going to say we're there yet cause we're not, but it does seem to be, we do seem to be making some progress. Mm, that's good to hear. Okay, transitioning to World Cup. Because we are, I feel like we're moments away from it. <laughs> and I know that you guys get reminded of that at every meeting with the clock, with this many games, this many trainings, this many minutes until it's World Cup time. But it's a chance, as you very well know, to make history. No one, male or female, in any World Cup has gone back to back to back. So, Becky Sauerbrunn, <laughs> how are we feeling about the three-peat and making some history? I mean, I was always down for making some history. This team loves, yeah, this team loves making history. What's yeah, a we, little more history? A little more history. Like, we thrive off that. <laughs> and, I mean, we're not we're not, you know, stupid enough to think like, we know how hard it is to win one, let alone two in a row. Three would be something special. Do we have the team to do it? Absolutely. Do we also know that on any given day, can any of those teams beat us if we're not on our game? Yeah. And so, you know what you need to win a World Cup, Julie? You need momentum and you also need a little bit of luck. 
And yeah, I was just saying, a little, bit, <laughs> a little bit of luck. You need the ball to bounce your way a few times during that tournament. And we've had that the last two go arounds. And so um, we're preparing. We know we can do it. We've got the team to do it. I think we've got the mentality to do it. We're, we're finding the mentality. I think we've touched it a few times. We need to really like embrace that um, and make it more of our core identity. But I definitely think we can do it. What is the mentality shift in a World Cup year? Is there some sort of ramp up or do things sort of click into place at some point? That's a really interesting question. Does it click into place? It's funny because every time I go into a World Cup, I'm always like, oh my gosh, are we prepared? Are we ready for it? Yeah. And I think we always are. Like we always know what it takes. And with some of the younger players, I think we've struggled in a World Cup year um, to win big games. I mean, we got our butts kicked in 2015 and 2019 by France. And we kind of got our butts kicked late last year when we played England and England, we played Spain. Um, so we've lost some big games. So that's, it's kind of like the same path is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get your butts kicked and then you remember like how hard it is to win against these games, yeah. against these teams, what you need to do. And sometimes it's not playing better soccer Sometimes it's just like tackling the crap out of somebody and just getting the rest of your teammates like hyped. Um, So it's finding those moments where you can have that impact and that presence and have people then like join that. And then it becomes just this rush and this momentum that you carry through. And so I don't it does click into place, but you can't really tell when it's going to happen or when it clicks into place. Mm. Julie, can you relate to that? (laughs) Yes. And (laughs) I was just thinking as you were saying that, just the visual that came into my brain is the the factor, the Ertz factor of Mm -hmm. what she brings in that respect. Like she's disruptive. And so, so. I mean, she comes into that game and she's just lighting it up in terms of a physical component. And that is so helpful, I think, as well. So that's going to be interesting, her impact and whether, you know, obviously she's been away from the game and can she make it back in time? And mm-hmm. um, I hope she can, because I do think she brings that factor. But that that is something that I thought of right away. Oh, very much so. And JJ, she gives us that. And I, I've called her kind of like a chaos agent for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and we and we thrive off that, though. Like some teams, you know, want to be so methodical yeah. and take the transition away out of every game. But the Americans yeah. love the transition. That's pretty much all the NWSL is at times. And so when we get going and then we're just relentless wave after wave, disrupting, yeah. going at, teams can't handle that. And so yeah. I think when we're doing that, we are at our best. Yeah, absolutely. That's why the Ireland's too much bu- low block bunker. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, come on, <laughs> give me a little transition. <laughs> exactly. how dare you stay so organized and compact yeah boring (laughs) i mean it'll be your fourth world cup it has to feel different i know hopefully hopefully it's my fourth (laughs) yes yes hopefully it's your fourth right knock on wood but Mm -hmm. what what is the lead up how is it different this time around the lead up for me personally is I felt like 2011 new, new kid on the block, you know, got asked to play one game, did, did well enough that helped the team make it to the finals. I'm like, okay, that was a solid world cup for me. 2015, finally getting a lot of minutes, you know, play every minute of every game had, I thought a pretty strong tournament. 19 was way more inconsistent for me. Missed the first game. Cause I went into the tournament slightly injured, had some good games and some bad games and then some good games and some bad games. Um, <laughs> and I remember afterwards processing like why was 19 so different from 15 and 19 I felt like I had something to lose because 2015 had been so Mm -hmm. magical Mm -hmm. and I was going into games a little bit more afraid and so my my approach to 23 if I'm lucky enough to be there is that I'm attacking every play in every game I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to be assertive and I'm going to try to kick that indecision's ass and get it out of my (laughs) way and out of my brain. And I think if I'm, you know, brave and assertive, my enjoyment of just everything is just going to be so much more heightened. Yeah. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. Plus through osmosis and you like that with a younger team, that's going to be huge. I, I hope so. Yeah. I think, I think that is pretty, 
contagious because I know, you know, the teammates that I've been lucky enough to play with that go out there and they use that platform and it's almost like their game reaches that next level. And you're like, I've never seen you like this. Like what's going on? Like, it is really like, you feel so much more comfortable and you're like, oh, we got this. And so I would love to be that player for somebody. It sounds so magical. Like all these things come together and you don't quite know when they're going to come together, but they do. And then when it happens, you probably feel it. It probably just feels like euphoric. It does. It really does. And I think when you win one of these things and really <laughs> you can maybe attest to this, there's so much joy, but also a lot of relief because all those things mm-hmm. somehow did come together and we know yeah. how fragile that is and how unlikely. So when it does happen and the magic happens, like you're like, wow, what a yeah. relief that it all came together in the right way at the right yeah. time. That was actually one thing that I always thought about is like, I don't want to come out of this. Cause I remember the first time we won a world cup, a feeling like that, like more relief than joy actually. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I understand the relief and I understand that that's going to live there. But like, I want to be feeling joy at the end of the day instead of just relief. Because sometimes sure. you walk away and go, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm so happy that's over. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not an easy thing. I mean, no. the stress, you're watching all these other yeah. teams play, all the pro- like the spotlights on your team and on you. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. 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 And and if there's joy in what you're doing at the end of it, then I think always the the likelihood of a happy ending is elevated. I agree. The ceiling is agree. elevated. <laughs> the ceiling and the floor gets elevated from the vibes. Everything <laughs> levitates when there's joy. All right. Are you ready, Becky Butter Sauerbrunn? <laughs> we have a competition tune-up for you for the World oh, Cup. Okay. Wait, do you know why I call you Butter? I don't think I've ever told you why I call you. Do you know that I do sometimes call you Becky Butter Sauerbrunn? A long time ago, I heard that nickname. Yeah. And I loved it. Uh, w- whenever you do something smooth, we're like, Butter! <laughs> oh, is that why I haven't heard it for the last few years? Smooth <laughs> as butter! I, pr- I actually brought it out, I think, for your 200th. I, I It like came out again. I was like, what? how come I haven't used, been using Butter? <sighs> Bring it back. Becky Butter. Yeah, we're going to bring Butter back. You're smooth as butter. All right. Well, uh, Becky right. Butter, you're going up against Loudy Foudy in what's known as the Lynn game. It's a game of trivia. Best of five questions wins. It's all multiple choice. The key element of the game is what your noisemaker is to chime in for your mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to share that with us now, that'd be great. Yes, it is a pill bottle full of vitamin D. Since I do live and play in Portland, I do need to take my vitamin D. Give it a shake. Uh, mine is uh, a new squeaky toy. Thank oh, you, Carrie Flyshower's mom, Kristen, both part of our dope village. Kristen, I saw at the Angel City game, and she handed me this and said, I know Swaggy needs a new toy, and you need a new noisemaker because you're driving Lynn crazy. So it's a big day. And can you great. describe it? Uh, it's a donut. <laughs> that makes a fantastic noise. Can you hear that, Becky? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay, very much so. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I didn't want Zoom to mute me out, which it likes to do. F you, Zoom. F you. So the theme of this game is lasso fiasco. All questions about Ted Lasso with the assumption, Becky, that you watch the show. That is a correct assumption. Okay. Are you fully caught up? I believe so, except one just dropped today, right? So I didn't see yesterday or today. I might be too behind, so they better not be from the the recent ones. I'm going to kick your ass, Julie. (laughs) Good luck. Chime in whenever you think you know the answer. Okay. Question one. What number does Jamie Tart wear? Is it A, 9, B, 10, or C, 17? Jamie Tart, 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 Jamie Tart, 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 Tart. You want to take this, Julie? No, because I always do and I get it wrong. And then you have Becky, a 50-50 chance of getting it right. I love right. your strategy. So smart out of the gate. I might Did you just see call my hesitation? Julie. Did you see my hesitation? Yes. This is a battle of wills. I love it. <laughs> uh, 
As Julie. the host, I will take this one. I'm going to go with... There's Swaggy on cue. I know you're excited for it. I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> ten. Incorrect. Oh, Becky's so smart. So you're... The remaining options are A, 9, or C, 17. Ugh, I'm going to... C, 17. Incorrect! No! Dang do it. I get another shot? <laughs> you do not. Okay, good. <laughs> Question two. What was it? What? Nine. Nine, Swaggy, I know. You get so excited. This is the problem with squeaky toys. What song did Rebecca sing at karaoke while out with the team? This was season one. Becky. Uh, it is from... It is uh, Let It Go. Correct. Yeah. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? How did you know that? From Frozen? It's a great song. Yeah. Great song. It's, uh, it's also my karaoke song, so it's fine. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I, I totally believe that. I was like, oh, no. that makes mm-hmm. sense. Question three. Okay, one What is you. Ted's ex wife's name? Oh, Julie. Michelle. Correct. Wow. One, one. Question four. According to Ted Lasso, what is the happiest animal on earth? Is it a animal? Animal. On earth. Got it. Is it? Oh, Becky. Goldfish. Correct. Oh, I should know that. (laughs) This is down to the wire. I got to tie it. Question five. What instrument does Higgins play? Becky. It is the cello. Incorrect. I would like a multiple choice options, please. Is it A, the saxophone, B, the banjo, or C, the jazz bass? Jazz bass. Correct. (laughs) Two to two. What's your tiebreaker? Let's go. Tie break is rock, paper, scissors versus captains of the U.S. women's national team. <laughs> okay, how do you do it? Do you do rock, paper, scissors, shoot? or? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is so we're doing it on Zoom. Okay, are you ready? ready? Yeah. This is for everything. Okay. This is for the golden egg. Are you ready? Ready. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ready? Okay, yep. Rock, rock, paper, paper scissors. Wait. Wait, 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 you're cheating, you little cheater. <laughs> no, I wasn't. It's just our rhythm is off because there's a delay, I think. Okay. okay. Ready? Yes. Rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> scissors shoot. shoot. And I win. Oh, Becky Sauerbrunn takes oh, a rock over on. scissors. <laughs> oh, sorry, Julie. too late with the paper jewels (laughs) nicely done well i hope this gives you some momentum you've got the lynn game checked off for 2023 add it to your bio yeah i'll try i will okay most pressing questions i have two quickies what does it feel like to put on a captain's armband and why pink pre-wrap for your headband oh okay i'm going to answer the second one first pink pre-wrap i really love pink and it just happened to be the color of the athletic trainer's pre-wrap when I first started wearing pre-wrap and then it became a thing where I could only wear pink. And luckily Alex Morgan has a deal with pre-wrap and she gets sent just barrels of pink pre-wrap and she lets me have a bunch like a couple times every year. So I'm just good like teammate. always supplied. Oh yeah, great That's teammate. That's awesome. Good teammate. Um, Hashtag good teammate. Great. And then what does it feel like to put on the armband? It is weighty. And in a good way and a, and a difficult way in that, like, it's such an honor that of all the amazing people and women, a part of this program, like you're the one that gets to wear that armband and lead the team out onto the field. Like it's, it's crazy how, how much it affects me because it is just a a thing and anyone can wear the thing, but to be named a leader and a captain yeah. of that team is is something amazing. It also comes with a lot of responsibility. And, you know, you're you're the one that on the field when things go poorly, people are going to look to and when things go well, they're going to look to. And so you need to be ready for both and you need to be able to solve problems and all these things. And so it's weighty, but it's the best weight possible. 
Great answer. Okay, what is your goal celebration going to be for when you score your first ever international goal for the U.S. Women's National Team? Because it will happen, Becky Butter Sauerbrunn. I'm putting it out into the universe. What I was, does it I was look pretty like? close. I was pretty oh. close in the Ireland game. Dude, um, I told you in the post game, like I went crazy in the booth. I was like, come on. Yeah. It, it'll be one of three things. It'll be me just like absolutely losing my shit and not knowing what happened. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be me like actually fainting. So that's two. <laughs> and then three, three, if I actually have any sort of sense of what's happening, I'm going to do like the, can you hear me? Yeah hand movement, which I'm, I'm trying to, to trademark and to become my thing, but I don't have a lot of, uh, experiences and plays on the field where I actually get to use it. So <laughs> can we see I, a preview? I, uh, did it during the Portland season last year when I scored a goal. Yeah. I, I love that. it. I yeah. love it. I thought you were going to give a little tip of the, a little tip a of the little, hat. Little curtsy. <laughs> oh yeah. A little bow. That would be pretty little cool. Bow. So I'll put that as like a fourth possible option <laughs> oh, that's so good okay and the last thing we do on the podcast high low cheer I used to do this around the dinner table with my kids high of their day low of the day and who they cheer for who they're grateful for um so for you it's going to be high of your career low of your career and the cheer is for someone who's helped you along the way oh wow that's really cool um high of my career would probably be playing that first game in 2011 Women's World Cup in the semifinal because that was the first game where I was either going to have a future with the national team or I just was going to figure out that I just wasn't good enough on the international level. So yeah. I figured out that I could do it. So that was a high. Right. Yeah. Um, low of my career was probably the Olympics um, in 2021 is that when we actually held it (laughs) yeah Yeah. in tokyo um we were talking earlier about how things can sometimes magically come together and that's one of those times when they did not come together um so that was a low trying to navigate through that and a cheers is gonna go out to my partner zola for being with me through it all through the highs and the lows and keeping me as even keeled as possible throughout it all while being the most supportive person ever oh yay for zola yeah yay for zola awesome yay for you my friend wow. thanks for all you've given to this program for so many years and as we were talking about getting equal pay over the line your constant advocacy for others you're constantly speaking up for the marginalized and super proud that you're a part of this posse and uh, I, I wish you the best this summer you guys are going to do great Thank you so much, Julie. And thank you for everything that you've done for the program and for the game and for advocating for marginalized groups. Because I know you do you do as much as you do as well. So it does not go unnoticed or unappreciated. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that, friend. Love you. Love you guys. Becky Butter Sour. That's actually my takeaway, too. She is so steady, like butter, smooth (laughs) as butter. It's someone you want in the bunker alongside you. She's calming, rational, smart. She gets shit done. Great instincts, great human. Yes, I'd take her all day next to me as a teammate. That says a lot. That says a lot. I have a couple of ideas for new nicknames. Oh, all right. Stone cold Sauerbrunn <laughs> for how she played the Lynn game where she just was not going to shake her vitamin D <laughs> supplements. She didn't know she wasn't sure and she was going to hold out until the time until Spazzo sunrise. over here. <laughs> Spazzo squeaked her little squeaky toy. I mean, that was choline hacker level of gamesmanship the other is becky got your back sour brun Mm -hmm. i will allow you to use those in the next game that you call okay okay maybe we should push it out to the dope village if anyone else has some nicknames that they want to oh that's a great idea 
Yes. And we may have our email you can share them at. (laughs) We have our own email. Yes. Laughter permitted at gmail.com. And we, (laughs) Julie always posts to her social media. So that's another good place to throw in your Becky Sauerbrunn, your best Becky Sauerbrunn. I'm kind of over Twitter. So post it on Insta. (laughs) Twitter's starting to piss me off. It's for another podcast. We have been talking about doing more starting. things unfiltered. Yeah. That might be the next evolution of laughter permitted. Laughter permitted after dark. <laughs> okay, my takeaway in addition to the nicknames for Becky is that this is an official term. She is a needle mover forwarder. Mm, you, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, and it's the truth. You look at the national team, something that's incredible about that team as you all know, is how the baton is passed from generation to generation to keep moving things forward in so many different Mm -hmm. areas. And Becky is one of the players who took that on, took the responsibility on, has used her voice for change. Mm. And I continue to be astounded and in awe of Becky, yourself, other female athletes, where you have to be at the top of your game on the field while also waging these battles off of it. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm reaching the point where I need to say as a woman, thank you. Mm. Thank you for the fight. Thank you for the example. Thank you for always charging forward. Mm. And may we stop thanking athletes and actually other people that aren't athletes, uh, meaning like people in positions of power, get it done, get her done. And then the athletes are left to battle it out, which is exhausting. And nor should they be required to do it. And I think we are getting to a place where that is happening. You're not expending all your energy fighting. You're rather, you can actually expend a lot of it being a true athlete so yeah but becky has done so much in that space so i too am very grateful for all she's done but thank you for that lynn you're welcome okay questions permitted this episode's question comes from a becky becky miller emailed us oh (laughs) laughter permitted at gmail.com Uh, I am going to use my best podcaster voice right now to read this really excellent question that uh, is for you to answer. And it's a great one, uh, considering that we interviewed Becky Sauerbrunn, a captain of the national team. So Becky Miller asks, I would love to hear your take on what role team captains should serve, particularly in youth sports. I ask this question because I can't recall my coaches ever telling me explicitly their expectations for me as a captain. And now as a coach, I've never had those conversations with my captains either. So by default, they Mm. lead stretches at practice and do the pregame meeting with officials. Should I be asking more of my captains or by putting too many responsibilities (laughs) on them, am I discouraging other players from becoming leaders? Mm. That's a good one. This is really good, Becky. Uh, Really good question. Uh, I am no coach, but what I would say instinctively is yes, I think you should put more on your captain, but in doing that, you're asking her to help elevate the other players as well. It's just not her. That's the voice. I think part of being a captain is, and honestly, not just a captain, part of being a great leader is you are elevating those around you so that they feel comfortable and confident enough to speak up and step up and say what they believe. And when you can get a team to um, trusting a captain because they know that you have their back and that your um, intentions are really good, then all of a sudden, um, I think the coach can often give that leadership component to the players. And it's such a good lesson for them. You can guide them and you can be their guardrails, but just giving them the the space and the platform to speak and to lead and to, um, and even to, you know, to teach 
as as they're growing up, I think is very important. So I was really lucky because I um I had a lot of coaches in my career that were willing to let me speak and talk and um because of that and there were times when they would say not now <laughs> now when you or, say speaker talk when you say speaker talk is that to them individually as coaches or to the team to the team and i think also the best coaches teach a captain that often great leaders are great listeners as well you can't just be the one talking so there's two parts of it. Yes, you want them to talk more, but you also want them to be a great listener. Um, I learned a lot of that from Carla Overbeck, who was a great listener and knew her moments to talk. And when she did talk, she commanded the room. But it wasn't about Carla talking, right? It didn't need to be, it had to come from just one leader. Like you're encouraging a whole team of leaders. And yes, someone has an armband, but that's that's not the only leader on a team. So... I think all of those skill sets are things we should be teaching kids from a young age. And I think that's a great question because we don't talk enough about it. We don't talk enough about how that then relates to life as well. I think we should do a lot more of that with kids at a young age. It's what I love that we do so much at our leadership academy is we talk about like planting these seeds to be a good teammate and being a good teammate means, means having the courage to stand up and speak up, but also to listen and to support and to encourage others to speak up and not just be the only voice in the room. Is there something tangible you can give to Becky as far as what she could say to a captain and wanting to empower her captain to share ideas or? Well, I think is is just that you believe in them, right? Hmm. Like I want you <laughs> to, I want you to to be the one. I don't need to be the one all the time. And I want you Mm. to be the one. And I want you to then empower others to be the one. Like this should be a team that's run by, by players. And the less I have to engage in the discipline or the, um, you know, the setting of the parameters and the standards, then the better off we are. I mean, no one wants a coach going, is that all we got? Do we not have more? I mean, that should be a player saying we want more. This is the standard that is our team. This is what we say as we, you know, the young kids come in. This is who we are. It's not a coach who gives that speech. It's players. So um, I think empowering them to understand that they have, as Billie Jean, as everyone's (laughs) heard that story a million times, Mm -hmm. as Billie Jean King said to me, what are you as players doing about it? Mm -hmm. So I think any coach that empowers their players in a really healthy way is great. One last thing I do wonder, is there any maybe book that you would recommend or something that Becky could... I don't know. Maybe this one called <laughs> Choose to Matter. Being fabulously and courageously you. Yeah, there's a book out there uh, written by... Oh, there's gosh, a million. Wolfpack. Wolfpack uh, by Abby Wambach. <laughs> Choose to Matter by Julie Foudy. <laughs> Colleen, what is there's Colleen Hacker, Dr. Colleen Hacker's book with Tony Achieving DeChico? Excellence. Oh, um, Catch Them Being Good. It's another great one for coaches. Achieving Excellence is Hacker's recent book. There's so many good ones. Becky, appreciate you asking that question. Emailing. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Dope Village, for sharing your time with us. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment, if you would, on our Apple Podcast page. You can also, as we've said, hit us up at laughterpermitted at gmail.com. You have to give that voice when you email us. (laughs) Hello, Lynn. I have a question for you. Uh, Thank you, as always, to Ally and Dick's Sporting Goods for their fabulous support. And, of course, to Kate Diaz, who wrote and composed our theme music. So, remember, as always, kids, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. Oh, my gosh. I missed the cue. (laughs) And remember, as always, kids, sing it with us. Laughter Laughter permitted. permitted. I'm going to kick your ass, Julie.